Our text today is in John chapter 4. Before I begin this morning, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, now come and be among us. We pray that your spirit would bless us, that we would know that you are real. We ask that your presence would fill this place and fill this whole day so that we would realize just how good you are to us. Bless us, fill us with the things that you want us to have. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Text is in John chapter 4 today, John's Gospel chapter number 4. Many years ago, my father worked for the wildlife refuge here, National Wildlife Refuge. And over on the Tibbetts Road, there was a facility there for drug rehabilitation. Now it's called the Job Corps. It's a little bit different. But then it was a drug rehab center. And my father used to take some of those fellows on his job with him to work along as helpers. Well, so it was, after he got to know some of those fellows, he used to bring them home for supper. And we all got to know those fellows. A lot of them were from New York City, and some of those were pretty interesting fellows with lots of stories to tell. Well, I have a younger sister named Amy. And she was probably about six or seven years old when uh, these fellows used to come to dinner. And one day little sister Amy was telling us how much she liked one of those fellows and how much she enjoyed his stories. And so my mother asked Amy, well, which one was it that you liked so much? And Amy said, well, I can't remember his name, but he was so funny. And his stories made me laugh so hard. So my mother, still trying to figure out which fella little Amy liked so much, asked her another question. And my mother said, was he a black man or was he a white man? And little Amy said, I don't know. (laughs) My mother was so happy. She talked about it for weeks. She said, that little girl liked the fella, enjoyed his humor story. She liked him for who he was. She didn't even notice the color of his skin. And Mom said, just like Jesus said, a little child shall lead them. That's the way that God meant it to be. In this world particularly, there's always somebody that doesn't like another person, isn't there? Because... Who knows why? When I was in Norway, they used to say, we don't like Swedish people. (laughs) When I was in South Dakota, they said, we don't like people from North Dakota. When I lived in Connecticut, they used to shake their heads and say, what are we going to do with those people from Vermont? We live in a society today that finds all kinds of reasons to hate each other, to hate people. We hate people because of their politics. We hate people who are rich or poor. We hate people because of the color of their skin, and it goes on and on and on. But my friends, it's nothing new. From the very beginning, there has always been hatred and prejudice. Cain killed his brother Abel for jealousy and hatred. Esau hated Jacob. Certainly one of the most hated people of all time was Jesus of Nazareth. 
Why, they hated him so much they killed him. That seems like it is the human condition. In our text today, we see a classic case of prejudice and hatred. So let's see who hates whom and see if there can be a change in all that hatred. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. And he, Jesus, left Judea, departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Between the city of Jerusalem and that surrounding area called Judea to the south, and Galilee, where Jesus came from up in the north, there's a little strip of land called Samaria. And there in Samaria lived a group of people called the Samaritans. And the Jews were always traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem and back again. Uh, the most direct route was right straight through Samaria. But often the Jews traveled miles out of their way, way across just to avoid going through Samaria. They didn't want any dealings with the Samaritans, so they avoided them at all costs. But not Jesus. <laughs> He'll go right straight through. He will not avoid the Samaritans. Most direct route home is through Samaria. He takes that route. Verse number 5. And he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Jesus alone. He's sitting on a well. These ancient stones were piled up. And Jesus sat down. He's hot and tired from his trip. And while his disciples went into town to buy some food, comes along a Samaritan woman to the well with a clay pot to draw out some water. And Jesus asked her for a drink. It's a simple drink of water from the well. Huh? That's all. There's not much to ask. But you'd have thought he'd ask her for a million dollars. Verse 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Here comes a full measure now of hatred and prejudice. The woman says, You are asking me? For a drink of water? You, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? You, a man, are asking me, a woman, for a drink of water? He, she said, Jewish people avoid the Samaritans at all costs. I can't believe you want me to give you a drink of water. My friends, isn't it a strange thing how something as simple and basic as a drink of water can be so twisted and blown out of proportion by human prejudice and hatred? Well, let's see what Jesus says. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him. 
and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Ignoring the prejudice now, Jesus says to the woman, If you knew who I was, you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink of water. He's playing that little you and me game with her. If you knew who I was, you'd have asked me for a drink of water. And she replies, you didn't even have a water pot. <laughs> How are you going to give me a drink? The well is deep. Now Jesus sees something. Here's a woman who can't even give him a drink. Because she's so filled with negative feelings. So Jesus wants to talk about deeper things, spiritual things. So he uses the water to open up a conversation about the feelings in her heart. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She won't talk about those feelings that Jesus is trying to get to. She says and said sarcastically, Okay then, you give me a drink of this water so I don't have to come to this well every day if you say you got this magic water that'll quench my thirst forever. I'll take it. I won't have to come to this well. Now, my friends, I want you to remember exactly what Jesus said. Exactly. Remember what he said. He said, if you knew who I was. If you knew who I was, then you'd ask me for a drink, hoping the woman would say, so who are you? But she didn't. So Jesus is an expert about getting into people's hearts and minds. And he gives her some bait to open up her mind so that he can talk about deeper things. In verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. Of course, one of the things about Jesus, he knows everything about us, doesn't he? He knows everything about us. Everything we ever did, we can't keep secret from Jesus. He knows it all. So verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidest thou truly. Go get your husband. I don't have one. True enough, you've had five. But the man you're now living with is not your husband. And she thinks, wow, how do you know that? How do you know that? You must be a prophet, she says. You must be a man of God to know that. But I want to go back to the old prejudice and hatred anyways. So she says, you Jews 
say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. We, the Samaritans, say we're supposed to worship in Samaria, in our own mountain. Jesus says a new day is coming. And it has finally arrived. You don't need to worship here or there. You can worship anywhere. Verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Jesus opened that door today to our understanding and everybody's understanding. God is looking for people, searching for people who will truly love him and serve him. And worship him. That's what God wants for you. And she answers one more time in an attempt to stop the whole discussion. She says, well, if we disagree, we'll just have to wait for Messiah to come. Because we all know when he comes, he will tell us everything that's true. And Jesus answers in verse 26. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee. Am he? That's me. I am the Messiah. I'm the one called Messiah. Now you know who it was that was sitting by the well when you got here. Now you know who he is. Now you know. My friends, here was a woman who had been living in a society filled with hatred. And she'd been searching for something better. Something she needed and she couldn't find it. She tried husbands. Five of them. All to no avail. What is it that she could not find? What is it that she'd been searching for? She desperately wanted to be loved. Society only offered hatred and prejudice. Husbands left her and abandoned her. The need of her heart went unfulfilled. Jesus called that unfulfilled need in the heart. It's a thirst, he said. It's an intense thirst. It's an all-consuming desire for love. It's a desire for acceptance and security. And Jesus said, God is also searching. You're searching and God is searching for people to love him, to come to him. The basic need, the desire for love, the thirst you feel isn't found in society. It isn't found in going from man to man. It's found in God. Oh, my friends, how true it is. I'll tell you one thing. My mother loved me. (laughs) She even gave me a piece of pie once in a while. My wife loves me. She gives me a piece of pie once in a while, too. Other people love me, but Jesus, he really loved me. He loved me so much that he spread out his arms and died for me. Nobody else ever loved me that much. Nobody ever before loved me like that. The old song we sing says, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And I wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous. How wonderful. And my song shall ever be. How marvelous. How wonderful is my Savior's love for me. 
The basic needs of our souls and the thirst of our heart are all quenched in the love of Jesus. In a society that divides itself and gives so many reasons to hate. There stands one above all the discord, above all the prejudice, above all the chaos, and says, come to me, I love you, and I will love you forever. The unsettled and confusing world we live in has made this moment a perfect moment. Listen to how Jesus said it, verse 35. Say ye not that there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. And thirty-nine, many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman was testified. He told me all that I ever did. When things seem so chaotic and unsettled, that's when people need love and acceptance more than ever. When society turns cruel, that eternal security that comes from God is something we long for, believing in Jesus, worshiping Him in truth, loving Him back. When society fails, Jesus never fails. When hatred and prejudice abound, Jesus is ready and willing to fill you with love and life and joy and power. And he can satisfy every longing in your heart and every desire. Today I urge you to open your heart and release the hatred and the confusion that surrounds us so much and find rest and peace in Jesus. And when society says hate, divide, and fight, and struggle, just let it go. We don't need it. We got something so much better. Let Jesus fulfill all the secret desires of your heart. Jesus said there's no time like the present. There's no time like now. It's a perfect day for it. So may God bless you today as you trust in him. And let those things go. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this time, Lord, in our hearts. Help us to remember who you are, how good you are to us. We know that when you come to you, it's just the best thing we've ever done. And in this world, so confused, so upside down, we look for stability and strength and help. We find it in the loving hands of Jesus. So we're glad to drink water from that well. We are happy to tell others that we can still drink from that same well. Bless us, we ask. As we go through this day, may the love of God linger over us. May we know who you are and know exactly what you have for us. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn in your hymn books as we sing one more song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Standing as we will as we sing. Number what, 299? 299, stand together with us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. For what a foretaste of glory divine. There is salvation, riches of God. But if his feet. Oh, oh, oh. 
assurance, salvation, that we have drunk that water from the well, from that well springing up, that well of life. You have given us living water, the opportunity to take it, so that we might be there in all of eternity with you. We pray that we would not be taken away by the things of this world, be distracted by the hate and the other things in this world. May we get down to the core of what matters, our relationship with God and the love that we can show from him to others through us. We thank you for that, and we ask for your special care and your hand on the rest of this day. Protect us and be with us. With all the things that are going on, your eyes are in all the places, and so we ask for that in a special way. And give us a heart of worship throughout this whole day, we ask in your name.